Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bayou Chronicles. Um, we're your host. I am Crystal. And I'm Bethany. Um, wait, what, Bethany? I was being lame. You don't have to read that. Um, don't edit this out either. I know we're lame. This is both. Oh, okay. Mm. I was like, I don't understand what these mean in the notes. Okay, but anyway, so first off, I don't mean to clap and probably hurt your ears, but first off, we'd like to thank you so much. Um, we're officially at a thousand downloads. Um, really didn't think we would get here for a really long time. Um, but this is really cool. Maybe one day we'll be at like a thousand downloads per episode. I was literally thinking that the other night. I was like, our first episode is literally about to hit 200 downloads by itself. And I was like, we're we're freaking out over 1,000 downloads total. What if each episode starts getting thousands of downloads? And then I started freaking out a little bit. That's really <coughs> cool. I'm just, I don't know. It's just so surreal. We started off just two friends talking about and researching weird things that we like. And four months later, we have 1,000 downloads. I don't know. It came a lot faster. Honestly, it came a lot. I was afraid we were going to start this. And only our family was going to listen, which is fine. And then it would be like, okay, well, we tried. Uh, I just love it. I think it's fun. I think it's cool to be able to tell people, like, what's your hobbies? And I can be like, oh, I have a podcast. Yeah. Like, it's just fun. Even though they say that's the typical millennial thing, uh, whatever thing. Yes, the millennial thing is to have a podcast. But whatever. Yeah, you know. Yeah. My hair, like, has started like center parting like i never wore a center part but then i made like we both have fun skinny of jeans on and i heard that skinny that's jeans out of style too out of style now. so yeah middle part skinny jeans are out of style and using the laughing while you're crying emoji that's out of style too like you're not supposed to do that that's how they know you're a millennial oh, i feel like the crypt keeper like right? <laughs> like excuse me oh man sorry so anyway you can always find us at our social medias um you know i always have them linked in the show notes um instagram is bayou underscore chronicles and our twitter is bayou chronicles those are where we are found at the most, but we also have a YouTube and Twitch page that you can check us out on. I'm slowly but surely getting um, our podcast transferred over into um, a video format for YouTube. It's kind of a pain in the butt, and we don't make enough money on the podcast to justify spending tons of money on the special little programs that do it for you so we kind of have to do it the old-fashioned analog way and it takes a while so be patient um we did go ahead and publish the website i didn't tell you this i totally forgot um it's not completely done because obviously there's some youtube videos that need to get put up but for the most part everything is up has a little clip um about us that we wrote up and you can find um, our episodes and all of our sources and source material on there too. It looks great. I'm very proud of how well me and Crystal have done it, like yeah. graphic designing. I feel like I'm becoming pro. Exactly. And it probably looks lame to other people, but I feel like it looks really awesome I, to myself. I'm like, oh my god, we're legit now. I know our little thumbnail for our um YouTube, that's what I'm proud of because I'm like, oh my god, that I feel like yeah, I'm so it looks cool. Professional. <laughs> 
But anyway, I'm super excited about today's episode. It is a place that Bethany has actually visited with her precious little family. It's the cutest little town, she tells me. I have always wanted to go, and maybe one day I will. Um, and that it has a ton of character. So, it's a subject that you do have to approach in a certain way because everyone talks about it. And obviously, if you've clicked on the episode, you know what we're talking about today. So, anyway, we're going to jump right into it, not waste any more of your time, and I'm going to pass it over to Bethany so she can tell you about... Okay, guys, on today's episode, we're going to discuss, and I, I'm, I'm, Crystal knows I'm not good um, with this type of stuff, but if we could, like, insert some kind of, like, cheesy sci-fi music here. Do, 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 do. I don't know, that <laughs> was really hard. like, X-Files meets Twilight Zones. You get the picture. Um, yes, today we're going to be talking about Roswell, New Mexico. Um, I actually lived in Clovis, New Mexico for two years, thanks to good old Uncle Sam stationing my husband at Cannon Air Force Base. Um, Every time you say that, it's weird, because my brother's name is Cannon, and I I just think it's funny. Yeah. Um... Not the greatest place to be stationed. We did our time. I should say my husband did his Sounds time. Sounds like you uh, went to jail. You did I, your time. Lo- Those of you listening to this in our military, you will get what I'm saying. Crystal does not. <laughs> I don't. She doesn't know about canon. It's where people go to die. I know that's morbid. Oh, my God. But you either really love it or you don't. So, and die, and, apparently. Or, or you get out of the military. <laughs> Anyways, um, during our time there, we traveled all over New Mexico. I'm so very thankful that my husband has a job that we can do this. We don't get to travel much, um, but that was a good thing about being at Cannon. There's not a lot to do. It's nothing but dairy farms and slaughterhouses. Sadly, I hated it. I wanted to rescue all of the cows every time Aww. I drove into town. Um, but since there wasn't much to do, we branched out and actually traveled and we drove literally all over New Mexico. Um, and it, I highly recommend it. It's a beautiful drive. Like seeing, it's so much more than just desert. I know that's what a lot of people think and just like ranches. That's what I would have thought. Yeah. But there's mountains and the sunsets and sunrises are so pretty and it's just, I don't know. It's really beautiful, and it's not at all what I thought it would be, and I know I'm, like, grunting and groaning about it, but it was a very beautiful drive. Um, When Crystal and I sat down to put together our schedule for this month, um, I, I'm kind of that annoying kid, and I, like, kept bringing aliens up to her, and I kept talking about Roswell, and we kept talking about um us going there. I actually told her about us going there when we first met. I don't even remember what we were talking about. I don't know. There's no telling. And I was just talking about how we had just moved from New Mexico, because that's where we lived before we came here. I think you told me that in your interview. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't even remember. I feel like ever since me and Crystal when first met, we were just, like, comfortable talking about anything. Which is good. Anyways. And Crystal already knew about us actually going down and visiting Roswell in our experience. And uh, here we are today talking about Roswell. The town itself, outside of the events we're going to talk about, is absolutely adorable. And I think I talked about that more to Crystal than, like, the actual 
UFO. <laughs> um, but when you drive around town, you see, like, actual alien statues everywhere. That's so cute. And I was just describing this to Crystal. It's not like... Probably what you're thinking. It's like wooden statues, and it's like your typical green alien, but they're wearing, like, normal clothing. Like, t-shirts and jeans. That's so cute. And they're just, like, cute little statues all around town. I it's love the, it. It's their quirk, and I loved it. I don't know. It was, it's the first thing that I saw when we drove into town, and I was like, dude, this is I'm, this is so cool. It just reminds me of when we went to Hershey, Pennsylvania. It's, like, the same thing. Like, there's, like, little like Hershey kisses cho- yeah. and little chocolate yeah. characters everywhere, and it's freaking adorable. Anyways, it adds a little spice to your town, and I'm sorry, that always makes me think of TikTok. Um, oh, spice. I know we're we are old millennials. All the Gen Zs are gonna make fun yeah, of us. They can get over it. Um, a lot of the shops and restaurants downtown have an alien slash UFO um theme. There's actually a super cute diner called the Crashdown Cafe. My apologies, I had to Google this. Um, I know I went there and I actually ate at the cafe, but I could not for the life of me remember. Um, the name of it, but you gotta remember, I have traveled literally all around the world and gone to so many places that, like, I can't even remember my zip code half the time. So, <laughs> which I, zip code do you need? The one I was it, born in, or, or like, the 12 that I've lived in? Yeah, so, I did have to Google, my apologies if you are local to Roswell, but it was super cute diner. I really enjoyed taking my family there. It had great food. Um... If you make your way to Roswell, make a stop at the International UFO Museum. It's tiny, guys. It is, like, literally no bigger than, like, a little shopping plaza. Probably even smaller than that. But there are so many letters all over the walls. I mean, from, like, the time you walk in to the time that you walk out. Just letters on the wall from people writing in their own personal experiences. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. Like, they don't, they don't turn anybody away. They don't make anybody feel weird or mm-hmm. that they're crazy. They literally put these letters that people wrote into the museum on display. And I loved reading all of them and walking around the museum. And yes, I am that nerd. I literally, and I'm thankful my husband, like, took me to this museum and he let me walk around. Cause I literally read everything in this building. Yeah, I would have to. I read everything, everything on the wall, and I even became friends with the lady that works at the front, Mm -hmm. which is not typical for me, (laughs) because Crystal knows I get really bad social anxiety, but this lady, like, loved that I wanted to read everything, and just, like, showed me around the museum, because we went during the off-season, it was actually pretty cold outside, and she said not a lot, they don't get as many tourists um, in the winter months, so if you're wanting to go, I highly recommend going during, during, like, a... This time, January, February. I think that's around when we went. There was so much to see. They had videos playing on display. The letters, like I said, they had, as you can imagine, so many, like, little UFO displays, little aliens all around it. It was just so, so cute. And I was literally in nerd heaven because I had a gift shop. And I would have bought all the alien things. I got a lot of stuff, and I actually have a refrigerator magnet. Um, that's one of my things I collect in coffee cups. So I have a Roswell refrigerator magnet on my fridge right now. Um, and I'm so glad that I got little nerdy keepsakes. Um, 
Okay, I've literally been babbling too much about how cute Roswell is, but like, <laughs> hello, I'm giving you free ad- advertisement. Go visit. Go spend your money. Um, let's... Okay, so tell everybody, is it worth it to take a multiple day trip there, or is it more of like a, just a one day pass through kind of town? I'm going to be honest. It's probably going to be like a one, like a one day or like okay. an overnight B&B. Okay. There's not, I mean, it's a, a smallish town. Mm-hmm. It's not very big. It's probably the size of my hometown, which is not very, it's not Shreveport, Bossier Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but literally like the little cafes and shops and the UFO. Is, so like do like if you're doing like a west drive to the west coast, bottom part of the United States road trip, stop there. Basically, and that's why we stopped by, because we were actually um, driving through New Mexico, and then we went down to El Paso, Texas, because we were visiting um, my brother-in-law, because it just so happened that we were stationed a few hours from where he was stationed at Fort Bliss. So basically, Mm -hmm. we took a day trip, drove through Roswell, stopped at the museum, had lunch at the cafe, and then went down and visited my husband's brother, and then we drove back home. And it was perfect. Yeah. So yeah, I would say... And we did what we could in the town because that's yeah. basically. It's cute though. I mean, I would. It's still, cute and small. It's a very small town. I would still okay. go. So this is, I guess, this is kind of a frame of reference too for the whole yes. story of Roswell. That yes. it's a smaller. town. It is a smaller town. Now it's like many other towns. It has other multiple towns surrounding it, but that's mainly what yeah. they classify as Roswell. But yes. Okay. So let's talk about what actually put them on the map and I'll stop blabbering about tourists and enthusiasts and, and going and see all the cutesy stuff. Let's talk about why Roswell is Roswell. In the late summer of 1947, a rancher named Mac Brazel, that is what he liked to be referred as. Hey, Mac. <laughs> I like um, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. My childhood best friend, this is her last name and that's how she pronounces it. And you know me and Crystal butcher stuff on yeah, here. So we're, we're going to say Brazzle. Oh, because I realized that I had to put an apology on the Phoebe one because I butchered her last name the entire time. At least we woman up don't admit it. We don't yeah. go along with No, that's how like, you say it. I was re-listening it. to it and I was like, I destroyed her last name it's and like repeatedly. Those in real life like winces and cringes. Yeah. It's out there in the universe. Anyways. A rancher, Mac Brazel and his son, were surveying a piece of their um their farmland. They had a pretty big uh ranch. Like I said, New Mexico, that's the thing you do there. You ranch. You ranch. You got cows, horses. That's that's how they make their money. A lot of the meat, I'm sorry to say this, a lot of your meat, a lot of your dairy um, comes from New Mexico. Okay. But they were surveying their land, and they came across what they thought was a plane wreckage they really weren't sure they kind of were like hey there's some odd materials clumped together um and he wasn't really sure what it was exactly the wreck site didn't look suspicious or alien-like at first i mean i don't i don't know about you i don't know if I mean, you... they really don't even think about aliens in 47 like that's not what people were Aliens were kind of a new... It was new. I mean, they were starting to, but I'm sure when he looked at it, his first thought wasn't, hey, it's an alien. So he just thought it was some kind of something weird. It wasn't really... The only thing that made him call other people is it wasn't normal materials Mm -hmm. that would be found on any American plane, you know, in the 1940s. 
Like, I read somewhere or watched something somewhere that they described, like, the foil that was kind of found, air mm-hmm. quoting foil that was found. They said it was, like, the kind of consistency and thickness of, like, the foil that you pull out of a cigarette mm-hmm. container. Which is exactly the only reason that he, we'll talk about it, but it's the only reason that he goes, because normally if you find something on your, you're like, oh, well, something crashed, it's okay, nobody's in the wreckage, you're fine, you move on. I mean, you might report it, but you don't have to. But it was, uh, like I said, it was it was odd stuff making up what was some kind of flying object as we, i'm air quoting like crystal i know you guys can't see us but we do that a lot yeah <laughs> um and like Chris said it was it was foil fabric and sticks to be exact is is how brazel described it um not kind of materials that you would you know think would be durable that would hold up for a plane but they kept calling it a plane wreckage like that was all all through the research you do whether you're reading or watching they're gonna keep referring to it as a plane wreckage or a wreckage of some sort um but events were already starting to happen that was making people a little uneasy um and don't you don't necessarily have to have to take that as alien you gotta remember this was 1947. Other stuff was happening. It wasn't just aliens. We were in the midst of a war, people. Okay? Um, so it did make the rancher a little uneasy. And pilots in the military had already begun reporting seeing unidentified flying objects and lights in the sky that they could not explain. Um, if you're a pilot, you're going to more than likely know if other pilots are flying. And if there's nobody else scheduled to fly... And you're seeing weird lights in the sky. That's probably going to freak you out. Oh, yeah. Freak me out. Especially in the 40s. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have what we have now. Yeah. Um, Americans were afraid other life may exist out there after all. But they weren't. I mean, it was still like Crystal said. This is new. I mean, this is the late 1940s. It wasn't like how we have all our sci-fi movies today. Alien talk. They didn't even really have words to classify aliens or what yeah thing, just think about stuff. all the acronyms we have when it comes to aliens yes, and so the classifications many. for what aliens look like and yes. their technology level and all that kind of stuff whether it be a flying saucer as the media had already started calling it or some weird military object brazel did call it into proper authorities because like i said the materials are what was kind of making it odd to him he was like this is not something I've ever seen. No plane's ever been made out of this. So, I mean, you know, he he did the right thing, obviously. Not sure what he had discovered on his ranch. I mean, he has to think about, you know, where it was. The local sheriff didn't really know exactly what to do either. That's comforting. <laughs> right. You call somebody like, help me. And they're like, well, I don't know what to do. Um, The wreckage didn't look like anything they had seen before they assumed it was something the nearby roswell army airfield was working on and i love that when something weird happens our first thought is to call the government yeah i mean that's just i mean i feel like that's the only thing we know how to do but then i was like well what else would you do would you just like i guess that's part of the deeper conspiracy theory that the government does have its foot in everything. And we have control over all of us. Yeah. But, I mean, there are some people that would probably hide it and, like, research it themselves and, you know, 
I don't even know, start making a doomsday device. I don't know. I'm, I'm of the opinion that the government has more control than anybody ever really knows. And at this point... And that's what I said in my notes. I said, eh. I said, like they're going to actually help us besides keep it a secret. <laughs> that's all they have. <laughs> just, just going to keep it a we secret. We take it to the government and then they're like, okay, yeah, sure, here, let's just, don't, don't worry about don't it. Don't tell nobody Look else. The other way, yeah. They already know that nothing was scheduled to fly over that area. So we think. I'm air quoting. Um, that's what they tell people. Nothing was scheduled to fly over, but we'll get there. Um, that they might have found something a little suspicious on the rancher's farm, but they aren't really sure yet, and they aren't really too willing to give any information out just yet. And this is when we are introduced to the famous first witness, as he's referred by still today. Um, although, and I put this in my note, wouldn't the rancher Brazel be considered the first witness? Since he's the one that actually yeah. found it. Yeah, I guess. But they don't. They referred this next person as the first witness. And Wait. he's still classified today because I saw some Maybe newer... because he's military and this is a whole other government thing. I guess. I guess. But he's referred to as the first witness. Um, Major Jesse Marcel is called in to observe and contain the wreckage. And like I said, they keep calling it wreckage for some reason. He's a pretty decorated war veteran. Um, he served in, uh, WW2. And I know I'm married to somebody in the military, but I have, like, I'm not, no knowledge on this. So what I'm telling you, <laughs> what I'm telling you, I am trusting the internet. I am trusting the World Wide Web, and I am not claiming to know anything. But he was, from what I could see, a very uh, decorated war veteran. He served in WW2. Um, he was a pretty big deal in the U.S. military. Like they, they, they raved about him. Well, at first, did he, did he do something? To deserve that, or is it just because he was a I, good? I he was just like their go. To, he called. was just like their go to man for everything. Okay, like if they had a job or a project or something, like he was always willing. I guess his willingness, and he was good at his job. So okay. Anyways, and fun fact: uh, Major Marcel shares the exact same birthday as me. Oh, cool! And he was actually born right here in Louisiana. Oh, really? So, uh, you know, it all comes back around. I just felt the need to include that because when I was doing my research on him and I realized we had the same birthday and then I saw where he was born, I was like, talk about uncanny, you know, because we are, in fact, in Louisiana. Where was he born at? I never know how to pronounce it, but it starts with an H. It's H-O-U-M-A. Huma? Homa? Homa. 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 I never say it right, people, and I'm from here. <laughs> and I'm from here. That's why I didn't put it in there. I just said, in Louisiana, I and Crystal called me out on it. Hey, I was just curious. <laughs> I mean, not too far away from here. Uh-uh. Um, immediately, the military began covering up, and I have quotes around this, what exactly it is Major Marcel investiga- investigated that day. He is seen taking photos next to materials they described as pieces of a weather balloon. Hmm. 
not this outlandish flying saucer, the media would slowly begin to call it. The media loves to dramatize everything. Well, duh. And that's why I said, that's why Crystal said in the beginning, this is very over-dramatized. It's either an alien or it's not, people. Like, all these fancy, flashy names and all, and he took these pictures for a reason. There's always some kind of motive. Yes. Um... Many Americans as well started calling it flying saucers. Y'all feed into this. The media starts this and then y'all run with it. So everybody started calling it a flying saucer. And that's where we got the phrase flying saucer. Okay. All right. You know, I found it funny. The government actually made a statement the day before admitting they had, in fact, discovered a UFO unidentified flying object uh-huh and then it was like something switched but like ufo does not necessarily it doesn't in the statement mean that it is an alien it doesn't it's just an literal something they can't unidentified flying object yes so it was a flying object that they don't know what it was so technically but people yes you're right but people heard that and that's where we got Flying saucer. Yes. It has to be an alien. It was like the government hadn't even said anything about this yet, and the media was already saying, yes, they have found aliens. And I'm like, okay, people, this is how panic, this is how mass mass hysteria starts. So I can see why the government's secretive. (laughs) Because y'all are cray-cray. They actually classified it as a spaceship. I don't know how they got that out of a bunch of jumbled up material on the ground. I mean, I don't know either. But, but that is when we first start hearing spaceship being thrown around. Wild. Just um, throw that in there. Yeah, that's a pretty heavy name mm-hmm. to then just switch it up to balloon. <laughs> and it was within less than 24 hours. Yes, we have found a spaceship. No, it is a weather balloon. Do you know how to do your job? Uh... So you can see why people are not very trusting in the government. You tell us, yes, this is a spaceship, and then the very next day... And you you even have one of your officers um, take a picture next to the materials, and in the paper it says flying saucer. And then the next day they're like, eh, it's a balloon. Alright, play with our emotions. (laughs) I think my main question is, we have this wreckage. Yes, I'm assuming we do. They say we do. What was inside it? Is it possible? And these are just some theories I was throwing out. You know, some conspiracy theories. Is it possible aliens sent down an empty ship just to survey the area? Which I feel like would be smart. If I was an alien, I'd probably do that. I'm not going to send one of my people. I'm not going to send myself. I'm probably going to send a drone or something and be like, okay, they seem kind of crazy, but we could probably coexist. Was it even a spaceship? Mm, we don't know because they keep flip-flopping was it even alien related and i feel like that's the most important question because we don't know and they just automatically started throwing that out there when it could have been something easily explained i think that's exactly why they switched up the story though a day later maybe they found what was inside this mysterious balloon Eh, possibility or it was what they didn't find inside the balloon that spooked our government so bad to go back on their word and cover it up for decades. That's a possibility. I mean, 
I do feel like if our government finds something that's not normal, not from this planet, I do not with I do not think they would automatically let the information out to the public because we as people do not know how to receive new information without freaking out, clearing all the shelves at Walmart, buying every firearm you can possibly get your hands on. I mean, we we do that just during a presidential election, but I'll digress. So I can't really be mad at the government for kind of pushing this under the rug. But actually, I do have some answers for some of those questions that I just spouted out. Um, instead of admitting to the public they were already aware of an alien presence, they let, because yes, alien stuff had been happening already, they just didn't really let anybody know, and they confirm it. But they let the media run with the idea of a flying saucer, because it allowed for them to cover up a mysterious operation they were beginning to work on, called Project Mogul. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. Yeah, it's about to get juicy, folks. Not really juicy, but like kind of ish. Um, there's always some off the wall, super top secret project the government is working on. I just feel like that. Like well, they, yeah. they are always cooking. Yeah. They're always cooking something up, and this was the the dish of the day. Um, the U.S. Army Air Forces were sending high tech balloons. There was another name for it. And I'm not even going to pretend how to, like, describe it or say it, but just think, not your typical clown balloon. It's a high-tech, durable balloon. And they're sending it up into the air with special microphones attached and radars to see if they could pick up any frequency of sound waves from the Soviets performing atomic bomb testing. So basically, the weather balloons of today... Or maybe not today. They're probably more probably advanced today. But like a version of that. Is where, where they, they're, this they're is sending what, it super, super high into the atmosphere. This is basically where they came from. Okay. It wasn't intended as that, but they built off of that. And that's yeah. probably how we have weather balloons today. But yes. And that's why I said in the beginning, people have to, to realize there was a lot going on back, back oh, then. Oh, yeah. We were in the heart of the Soviet Oh, my gosh. Fears. I mean... We had just, what, dealt with Hitler? Mm-hmm. We had all that going on, and now we've got, you know, talk of nuclear weapons, and now we have aliens, so the government's like, oh my god, we can only cover up so much, people. Like, don't stop throwing <laughs> like, stuff. The end of the world is nigh. Yeah. So, I have absolutely no knowledge in this field. Like, I've already said, like, I've never, I'm not gonna pretend. So, I'm trying to describe my research in a way where I don't sound any dumber than I already am. Um, so I can't say if this was a smart idea or not. I mean, it sounds like, heck yeah, right on, brother, send that balloon up there. But I don't know. Like, I can't say if that was going to work or not. Um, really the only knowledge I have in that field is I do know we do the very same thing for marine life. Mm-hmm. I do know about that. Um, especially whales. I know they've done a lot of a lot of studies on like uh humpback whales mm-hmm. just from school uh, i know we did a little bit on when i was in middle school so why wouldn't sending microphone into the sky work so i could see which exact which is this is exactly why this project was created by maurice ewing sounds right i hallelujah i don't know that sounds great <laughs> that 
That's yeah. exactly how I feel. Anyways, he originally studied being able to hear sound channels underwater and theorized the same waves could be possibly detected in the upper atmosphere. Okay. He wanted to carry out this theory, and the U.S. government wanted to keep track on the Soviet Union. So basically, it's a win-win. He wants to test out, I mean, you know, he wants to test it out, and they need to keep up with other people around the world. Therefore, Project Mogul was born. Basically, the government was trying to keep track of atomic bombs, as they should. I mean, I would prefer if we kept track of that. (laughs) (laughs) And are there some on the space? Uh, we do have. Okay, yes. I always thought that there was. I remember always telling people that there were. Sir, so sir, I'm probably I'm. No idea what I'm talking about, but like some bases have bombers, and when I say bombers, that's the planes that carry yes. the bombs, and some don't. But yes, this is a bomber base. Uh-huh. I don't know the type, but I know the mother of all bro- mother of all bombs that we dropped recently. That is held at Eglin, which is my hometown. I was gonna say yeah, that's where you're from. But yeah, they have them here, but I'm not gonna pretend like I know the name of the bomb. Well, look, all of us. This is all I've ever said on the topic of atomic bombs that if they are here okay let's just say they're here and someone bombs us because we have atomic bombs here i'm thankful because that will mean i most likely die immediately because i'm of the opinion that i would not want to live in an atomic wasteland or the aftermath of one just 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 kill me they're not necessarily always here though like they move them constantly for that very fact yeah. that they don't want other people to know. Why would you name a base and say, oh, yes, we keep all our bombs mm-hmm. here, and then keep the bombs there 24-7? No, it's not safe. They're constantly moving. But still. Yes, I get what you're saying. Yes. If that happens, just please target me directly. I felt we would know, though. Those things are, like, so freaking loud yeah. when they take off and when they're coming in. So, like... Unless they find some stealthy way on how to fly one of those big bad boys in here, we would hear it. <laughs> but, like, yes. Good thing. I love that two people that have no idea about military stuff are trying to talk about here. military Oh, I know my husband's going to be cringing. He's going to listen to this episode and be like, everything you said, said is wrong. wrong. <laughs> anyway, sorry, honey. Um, So, basically, the government, like I said, was trying to keep track of atomic bombs. Thank you for that. You know, we Congratulations, yes. you did something right. We appreciate that. And one of the balloons crashed out of the atmosphere after only a month of traveling. So, it launched on, I want to say, mid-June, and then that's what they found late July. Okay. Is this specific balloon? Yeah, makes sense. Instead of admitting right away about the project, they said, okay, yeah, it's a UFO. (laughs) Sure, sure. Because that's better than letting other countries know what we are really doing behind the scenes. Okay, but, like, that makes sense, though. Because you have to think. The bigger picture. The bigger picture. As the resident historian here. um. It makes sense from the viewpoint that the panic that the American government felt at this time and the panic and fear that the people of America felt for the Soviet Union, it makes sense that in that moment they thought it was smarter to say, 
this we don't know what this is then fessing up to it saying hey we were li- trying to listen to another country's business because who's to say that them saying that wouldn't have crossed us into a I agree, so I can't fault them for this. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, they, the media is already running with the story, and they were just like, um, I think we should do this. And yeah. they were like, yeah, you're right, man. Um, but it was re- like, this is what it made me think of. It was definitely a Wizard of Oz man behind the curtain moment. Like, look over here at this big <laughs> green flashing head talking to you. Yeah, pay no attention to the small man behind the curtain. Because nuclear weapons are a serious matter, so I can 100% see why the secrecy and continued secrecy when it was discovered. So much was going on around the world involving wars, nuclear weapons, and talk of a doomsday countdown um, that instead of causing mass panic, flying saucers was the talk of the town that summer, and they were okay with it, and I... I'm going to be 100% here. I It would have just sent people into an automatic hysteria. Because, no, nothing was headed towards yet. But what if they didn't do that testing? And the Soviets did send something over and... Goodbye. Yeah. So, I mean, because we don't know, like I said, we don't know how to get new information without freaking out. That's just... God's honest. We hear something on the news and something is either sold out or destroyed in the next hour. Oh my God, just think about freaking Corona stuff that this time last year. I mean, I remember, okay, I'll be completely honest. I'm fessing up to this just now, okay? When Corona crap happened, like I always call it the Corona crap, like that's my name for it. <laughs> when this first started, I specifically remember thinking that people were crazy for wearing masks in stores. I'm like, really? It's not that serious. I specifically was one of those people, and I am like a complete 180 now. Now I'm just like, you want a mask on? What she kind of person really are is. you? Like I'm judging she you. Really I'm is. sorry. I've almost seen her give somebody the people's elbow for not wearing. Like them. I'm sorry if you're an anti-masker, but Chances are we're probably not going to be friends. We no, all, I'm just kidding. We always uh, ha- we always had to because being military, as soon as Corona hit, we had to wear a mask as yeah. soon as we stepped out of our house or we got in trouble. Yeah. Um, I really would be your friend if you're an anti-masker, but <laughs> I, 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 she's I back. Love, she's backpedaling people. <laughs> I love everyone, but I, I I love everyone. Let's just leave it like that. But. I, like, legitimately remember when I got the message that we were going into, like, lockdown or whatever. And I happened to be buying groceries anyway. Like, it wasn't a planned trip. But I specifically remember not even 30 minutes after I got the message, like, Walmart was packed. Mm -hmm. Like, packed. And I'm like, guys. You could you could still leave your house to get groceries. We don't need to all rush at one time. So I'm like, that's a pandemic that no one even was taking serious. Like people weren't even taking that serious. So yeah, like we tell American people, we tell people in general, I, the I, slightest thing. I mean, Crystal knows. I now buy my dogs, both my dogs' dog food online. They're very bougie and spoiled. Yeah, but when 
COVID first hit, like, I was like, yeah, I have food for my kids. They're good. Y'all were freaking buying out dog food. Mm -hmm. Like, our dogs are good, okay? Y'all don't have to, like... And that's when I started ordering online, and I still do it now because it's convenient. But for a good bit there, I was freaking out, and, like, I was having to make my dogs chicken and rice because I didn't have dog food for them. And, like, they ate, like, in heaven for a while, though. You guys can't see me punching the mic, but you guys suck, okay? Like, Like, let's not panic. So, like, this week, we have a really bad winter storm coming. Hmm. I'm pretty sure everything's about to be sold out because people are going to freak out. Louisiana doesn't know how to do snow. We don't get snow very often. I mean, we did like two weeks ago. Yeah. And we're getting it again. But this is supposed to be worse than it was last time. So we're just talking about recent stuff. Did, do y'all think back then these people could have handled You didn't have internet to go bombs. look stuff. Um, yeah. Like we have the threat of an atomic bomb once a week. It yeah, seems like, yeah. you know, especially when I lived overseas, they threatened to bomb Guam all the time. And the first time I freaked out and I was already like booking a plane ticket to get the heck out of Dodge. Uh-huh. And then by like the end of our three years living there, I was like, eh, it's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bring it on. <laughs> You're going to bomb us? Come on. Okay. But you're going to do so, it. So like, but yeah, that's, I think that's like the difference now though is like, you know, it was 1940s, so that's what, yeah. 80 years ago? It was so new back then. Yeah, it's just, it's so different than how we look at a threat, but I still understand why they would withhold information because mm-hmm. people panic and how, like, now when people panic, we take it to social media and people post false stuff about it and cause panic even more so and which can create more conspiracy theories and make it worse than it is but on the flip side then they were told something and you just panicked and but, but you could only know the information that someone else gave you like you couldn't get any like you couldn't sit on your couch at home and look up information about something you had to go by what you heard on the radio or the news that is true and if they said and you couldn't visually see it was yeah. all. We didn't have, I mean, we had TV, though, but not like. But it, now. You, you weren't, you didn't have a news reporter on the side of the road at the scene with their phone at camera 6 out. 6 p.m., 3 p.m., 9 p.m., and 11 p.m., you know, how we normally have the news. Yeah, today. like it's a little so. different. So I feel like I get, I feel like part of that is the reason why Roswell kind of became what it is because there's so many like unanswered questions that people Mm -hmm. didn't have the ability to just answer. But I also feel like it kind of does it a disservice as well because today just Google in YouTube or just YouTube aliens or alien video and you're going to see some crazy videos that you don't really know if they've been doctored or if they're real life. But there's so many of them that you're almost desensitized to it because now now we just see an alien video and we're like, oh, cool, it's an alien. I feel like if an actual alien walked up to us, I don't think it would really be like, what's up, bro? Oh my god, you're an alien. How awesome. Finally meeting you. Like, we probably would freak out, but I think, I really would want to see an actual real life poll of every single American on if they believe aliens are real or not. I'd be like, oh my god, is your name Paul? You know, like that. (laughs) Yes. Hi. (laughs) But I mean, I, 
I don't know if Roswell is a for certain aliens are real like experience like I don't know for sure that this was an alien experience and and that's kind of what how we're gonna end this episode today um because there me and Crystal could literally talk like 10 episodes straight about this Mm -hmm. so that's exactly that is exactly Roswell was put on the map for aliens, but it was in fact not even an alien spaceship. It was a balloon sent up into the atmosphere to see if we would possibly be bombed. And the media ran with it, and our U.S. government let them because they made the decision for us, and I still I agree with it. I think they made the right call. Mm-hmm. But... And we will end by alluding to what the second part of this episode. It might not be next month. It will probably be soon. We won't make you guys wait too long about it. But at the end of it, yes, it was a balloon. But some sketchy alien stuff has happened in Roswell. Mm -hmm. Not that day, but other days after. And I'll just end by saying... When people tried to dig more into this, they were always welcomed by two men, as they referred to as the men in black. Dun, dun, dun! dun. And it might not necessarily be like the movies that we love. I mean, I love the men in black movies. I love all of them. No, you don't? I've only ever seen the first one, and All I don't right. remember anything about it. Excuse. Other than the little silver thing that they would yes. put in someone's face. Anyways, great movies. They're super cheesy, but I love it. The Men in Black that they're referring to, and I promise we're going to do another episode talking about them because I've already done a ton of research on it, might not necessarily be these people that keep aliens undercover it might just be them keeping more government weird stuff undercover swooping yeah. in and saying don't talk about that <laughs> shut your mouth that's what they show up to when people start saying well yeah it was a balloon but i've seen this and that in roswell these men in black swoop in and you know question them and tell them that they need to just be quiet so we'll end that with letting y'all Come up with your own ideas. Do you think these mysterious men in black that showed up in the 1940s after this weird flying saucer incident are involved with aliens? Or do you just think they're your typical U.S. government secrecy is secrecy? Or do you think that we're wrong and Roswell was an alien thing? Was it really a flying saucer? Did they say it wasn't and then make up this weird balloon story mm-hmm. to cover up that, yes, it was, in fact, an alien? Possibility. I mean, there's a million other questions we could ask about it, too. Are you a fan of the TV show that I'm making Bethany watch? And I you am. think I'm actually going to start it tonight because <laughs> she keeps telling me about it. So now I'm... It's so good. I love it. <laughs> so shout out to Roswell, the show on Hulu. Yeah, go watch it. It's really good. But, um, I like this topic. I want to talk about Men in Black. I'm really kind of pumped. Um, 
if this episode is going to air after our Twitch stream, right? Yes. You guys okay. will be hearing about our Twitch stream before this episode airs, but we did yes. we did live stream um on February 15th. So, tell us what you would like to talk about on our next Twitch stream because we usually ask there, but we always take requests as well. We'll talk about anything. It doesn't necessarily at this point have to be a conspiracy theory or a paranormal. You could probably just give us a topic and we could make it a conspiracy theory or paranormal mm-hmm, at this point. Because the, the stream we just did wasn't even a topic on our radar and it was brought to our attention and we turned it into a topic. Yes, so <laughs> ju- you could just give us a topic like, like if a random generator and I could make it a conspiracy. But that is all I have. Bethany, you want to tell the good people anything else before we go? Thank you guys so, so, so much. Crystal already said it in the beginning. For 1,000 downloads, you guys are absolutely amazing. This was so much fun to research and put together for you guys. And it was even cooler that I've actually been to this town and seen what it looks like and talked to the wonderful people that live there. And, yeah, thanks, you guys, so much for listening. Until next time. Bye. Bye.